welcome everyone to a previously unplanned and perhaps you could call an emergency reaction episode of the Jiren Chudi Show. We've got a big piece of sporting news to talk about tonight, so we're glad you could join us. Cue music. Look like a ghost, they calling me spooky. Don't talk much, so they never knew me. Reach for the skylight, monkey D. Luffy. Hop on that mic, ask if it's on Goofy. Raw and Abby, I'm Alright, before we get into this special edition episode, a couple of announcements for the show. First of all, don't forget to check out the Gus and Rush show. Links will be in this episode and our video games episode, which should be dropping around the same time. We were guests on them a couple weeks ago on their show, and they're awesome dudes. And uh, we're looking forward to having them join us also. And the second piece of news is we are officially going live on Thursday, April 29th at 8 Eastern time on YouTube for the first round of the NFL draft. It's our first ever live episode, so we'll have uh, more logistics to follow for that. We're going to have a mock draft contest, but stay tuned on our socials for that, and we'd love to see you there and chat with us. All right, Drew, so what's the big bombshell that's developed in the soccer world? Let's take it away and see where it goes. Over the past about 30 hours since Sunday yesterday at around late afternoon, we very suddenly got news of this European Super League, is what it's called. And basically, it's 15 founding teams um, that are breaking away from the Champions League and probably as a consequence their domestic leagues and you know international competitions for their individual players as well, based on repercussions we're seeing from UEFA and FIFA, um, which they're you know, entitled to make. But... Yeah, they're making their own league, and this has been in the works for a while now. COVID has probably fast-tracked it a little bit, but, you know, talks of a major European league with all, like, the biggest, biggest, richest clubs in in Europe coming together and having, like, this weekly Champions League of sorts because there have been some complaints from, from many in the footballing community, not just the big clubs, but about the way UEFA um, runs their competition and some of those complaints are warranted, some are not. But this is pretty crazy because the the no discussing with other clubs in their domestic leagues, like the Premier League or um, the Serie A in Italy and, and so forth. But the the teams that are supposedly doing this are you got Chelsea the, of the Premier League as well as Arsenal. Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Tottenham. And then from Spain, we have Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid. In Italy, we have AC Milan, Inter, and Juventus. And I believe those are the ones we know for now, but there's speculation that Porto would join. Now, there are a couple clubs that denied to join and give them a lot of plot for that, and that was um, Bayern Munchen of uh, the Bundesliga and um, Borussia Dortmund as well as of the Bundesliga and PSG of uh, the Farmers League in France. So uh, shout out to them for not joining. Although I'm not going to give PSG credit yet because keep in mind that they are still in the Champions League and the, they are in the semifinals of the Champions League along with Chelsea, Manchester City and Real Madrid. So if those three get disqualified for being part of the Super League, then that leaves PSG as the last team standing. So I think that they're at, they could just be waiting for the Champions League situation to sort itself out. 
and then they'll probably end up joining it because the French league is just them and everybody wow. else. It's All, I mean, Lille has been amazing this season, but let's be real. PSG's won it like 10 times in a row. Yeah. They're also a club with a lot of money. You can basically buy whoever they want. I think at one point in the very near past, they had the highest payroll of any roster in the world. Yeah. And one of, and an, arguably not even a top five league, the French league. It's comparatively weak to the other ones. It could be a little overkill sometimes. Yeah, they, they've definitely gone overkill with <laughs> buying players. But let's talk about how the Super League works. So there will be 20 teams, you know, the 15 founding members I've discussed, and then they will have a rotating five members as well who will come in based on their performances in their domestic league, I believe, and maybe Champions League. Um, so they'll be able to, like, rotate in and out and get promoted. But the rest of them will not be, you know, promoted or relegated. They'll stay right where they are. And there's an over, I think, three or four billion dollars sum that they'll be able to share in between them, although not equally. The ones like towards the bottom will not get as much interestingly, which is kind of ironic. But what else did he have to say, Chudy? Yeah, the and the format is that the teams, the twenty teams, which would be the fifteen founding members, of which we know twelve, the twelve teams that were yeah. announced, those twenty teams will be split into two groups of ten. They would each play all the other teams in their group in a home and away series over the course of the season. The top teams in the groups will advance to a knockout quarterfinals stage and then pick the ultimate Super League champion. This was planned to be happening. The games for the Super League are planned to happen in the middle of the week in conjunction with domestic leagues. So the idea is that the 20 teams in the Super League would also get to play in their domestic league. However, given the backlash and the threats of these teams getting kicked out of their domestic leagues, which would be a seismic change in European football, um, that's where the big drama has been happening. Obviously, these domestic leagues like the Premier League and I don't know about the other ones as much, but they are not happy about this. They're furious, and they've actually called an emergency meeting. I think they're, they're meeting tomorrow, either tonight or tomorrow to you know, discuss what they're going to do with these teams right now with their current standings. Because all these teams clearly that are you know, playing to go to the Super, Super League are top 10, and most of them probably in the top five as well. And what they're going to do, are they going to take away their points? Are they going to get relegated somewhere? Potentially, are they going to receive a bunch of fines? Um, because you know these other teams like Leeds and Wolves um, – are definitely deserving and they weren't even part of this so yeah keep in mind we're recording this at 10 30 p.m eastern time on monday april 19th so the premier league teams meeting the 14 premier league teams that are not joining the super league are going to meet tomorrow on april 20th so that's going to be a big inflection point for this saga one point i heard um just looking at the reaction is that these 12 founding clubs who are all pretty much staples of the Champions League, except for Arsenal. <laughs> um, you know, they're advancing to the later stages of the Champions League pretty much every year. I mean, what year are you not seeing like at least five or six of these teams in the UCL quarterfinals? And they're kind of annoyed being the greedy 
capitalist greed lords that they are, that they have to share Champions League TV revenue with all like the other teams in the Champions League that are nowhere near as good. So like the Ukrainian team and the Danish team and Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, like Copenhagen FC and whatever Slavia second Prague. place Swiss team gets in. Like they they wanna just like they're saying, all right, we're the ones who bring in all the money anyway, and you're making us share it with these quote lesser clubs. So they just wanna have their own boys club and hoard all the money. And it's really not happy about that. You know, no one's making them participate in the Champions League. If that's financially better for them, they're really that upset about it. They cannot participate. Yeah. And I've also heard that this was inspired by the American sports model of franchising. I've heard that too. And that makes a lot of sense because the owners of a lot of these Premier League teams yep. are also owners of NFL teams. I think the most infamous being Stan Kroenke, who owns the Los Angeles Rams. And I believe he's either an owner of Arsenal or Tottenham. I forgot the team, but everyone hates him. You should too. He's a. He's <laughs> I not think a about half jolly of the owners are American. Yeah, or they're oil sheiks from some Saudi Arabia, wealthy Middle Eastern country. But the point being is that this has nothing to do with the fans, the players, the coaches, traditions, the sporting history. traditions, the the game of football it is purely that all under the a money move yeah which has drawn the ire of basically everyone and the reactions and the backlash have been um pretty what's the word i'm looking for i guess like the intensity has been well intense people are really hating it and we yes. there some are statements like made by too. prominent players uh leeds united uh, made a statement with their warm-ups today. Tell us about that, Drew. Yeah, so in their warm-ups today, let me see if I can find that. Give me just a second, people. So Leeds played today yes. against Liverpool, who are one of the 12 teams leaving for contact. Yeah, so they, yeah, they played them today, and I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately. But they they – came up to warm-ups, and they were wearing shirts with UEFA Champions League, earn it, and on the back, footballs for the fans, sending a very clear message about where they stand in all of this mess, and, um, you know, that you can't just break away and form your own league without severe, severe consequences, and how, you know, this decision wasn't up to the fans at all. They didn't have a say in this, and they're very upset, and they feel backstabbed. And I would be absolutely outraged if I was a fan of any of these six. I, I'm, I'm outraged anyway, but, you know, severely, you know, just feeling, you know, backstabbed because, you know, players, fans, anyone like that didn't really have any decision in this. And even the managers, as we could see, Jose Mourinho was fired this morning because he – you know, basically had a, had a strike refusing to let the players practice because he's so upset with this um, this decision by the owner. Um, but it's basically a bunch of rogue owners and stakeholders that, you know, are, are greedy. They're doing it for the money. They don't give a crap about the fans. They don't give a crap about the history, about the promotion and relegation system, which is so crucial and important to all these domestic leagues. 
like, as Gary Neville was saying in his rant, like, the pyramid system in England is, you know, world-class. Everybody looks up to that. And how, you know, you can have a team in the fourth tier, you know, over time and getting better and performing well gets to the Premier League. And we've seen that over history. And also we've seen likewise where, you know, teams fall as well. But the fact that we can have, you know, through domestic competitions and through the leagues, we can have, you know, a much smaller team play a big team like Tottenham that could keep them afloat for two, three, four years. All that, you know, money they're getting for the media and, you know, for having that team, you know, come and probably thrash them. But, you know, losing those six teams would be crazy. Just huge impl- implications financially and for the sub- stability for these, you know, smaller clubs, these medium, small size clubs. So, you know, you can't just think when you're thinking about this, like, oh, it's only going to affect these you know, six clubs. It's up to them. Um, it's going to have major implications for the league and for the teams below them as well to feed into um, the football system. Yeah, I agree with that, that it's bad for all levels of the football pyramids in these countries, England, Spain, Italy. Those are where the 12 teams announced are from. Because those 12 teams are the juggernauts, those regions. They have dominated the landscape. And there's a lack of financial fair play in global soccer. There is no such thing as a salary cap. You can buy your way to victory. That's how it works. However, these teams provide the financial support through TV agreements and stuff like that, that help support the lower leagues. So like the English fourth division would have a hard time existing professionally where players actually get paid to play on those teams without the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United existing to pull in all the attention. And I think it's interesting to compare the landscape of soccer to what I consider the most stable sports league in the world, which is the NFL. Despite the United States being one of the most conservative countries in the world, the NFL is, it's, has the, most effective financial fair play of any sports league I can think of with its, it has a hard salary cap. Now, granted all 32 teams are franchised. You can't get relegated. If you're terrible, you just get the number one draft pick, right? But there's so much parity in the NFL that like the quality of the league is so good. Like people go bananas over the draft. They go bananas over free agency even the preseason gets a ton of viewership and attention. The playoffs is some of the best sport in the world. And the NFL style is something that they're trying to replicate with the Super League, with the franchising. But it's just not going to be the same. You're not going to have the same kind of parity because, well, for one, how could you possibly have like a draft or compensatory free agency picks and, you know, a salary cap that cannot exist in European football. It's just a failed attempt to recreate what I think is the best sports league in the world. And it's just going to alienate a lot of fans. Well, I mean, it is alienating a lot of fans. Yeah. Like Almost all of the fans, but. Like my friends that are Liverpool or Tottenham fans are pretty much just owning their clubs. If they, you know, go forward with this move and, 
not going to support them anymore. They're not going to give their money, not going to give their time, not going to give their viewership to this, this mutiny. Yeah, and even some of the players, former players, club legends, yeah. coaches, like world leaders, <laughs> they have all spoken out in opposition to the Super League. It's amazing that an agency as corrupt as UEFA and FIFA, like we're now siding with them over the Super League. Yeah, and we're not Fun saying that, that UEFA and FIFA by any means are... No, they're, they aren't good, <laughs> but... They've had a lot of corruption scandals. At this point, um, they may just be the lesser evil at play. So, well, that's how most things work, right? Exactly. And, like, I retweeted a post from Daniel Ponitz, who's a winger for the Wolves, who I really enjoy watching. And he said something I thought was really powerful and profound. And he, he basically said, the ball, the song, the dream, the Zidane's volley, Kaka solo. Liverpool and Athens, Ole in Barcelona, Chris and Seedorf. There are some things we just can't really pay for it. So there you have it. Yeah, and I'm going to add a similar quote from a player on my favorite team, Robin Gozens. He is a, a wingback who plays for Atalanta. He said, this is a huge disaster for football. I am shocked that it is coming true now. That a small underdog prevails, that was always the basis of football. If there's now a Super League in which Arsenal and Tottenham qualify forever without any sporting achievement, then the foundation of football will be taken away. Everyone must be aware that football will change forever and will never be the same again. People are still dying all over the world. There's a lack of money at the front and at the back. These 12 clubs set up their own league and get 150 or 150 million dollars shoved up their asses you have to question the ethics of that the sad thing is at the end of the day it's all about money 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 the damage would be so big that many fans will hopefully oppose it i would take part in such protest that was robin gosens earlier today oh powerful and there i've seen going on around social media as well i put this on my story on instagram was this like big tifo and it's like created by the poor still owned by the rich you see soccer and poor communities around the world and how, you know, kids can have dreams and sometimes even come true of becoming a big footballer and making money for themselves and their families and just looking up to these players in these leagues. And you're not going to have as much as, you know, that over time if you have this big super league um, and, you know, you're just, you're just, you're basically segregating competition taking all these teams that are supposed to be the best and segregating away from everybody else, making them feel, you know, left out, making them feel like they're less than and, you know, taking a severe financial social toll on pretty much all the domestic leagues in Europe. And these kids that, you know, liked the football system just the way it was. And now they're, they're kind of put off by it. Yeah, it's it's such a global game, and to reduce it to a small theater of the 20 richest clubs is an insult to all the far reaches of the globe that plays the sport. Because part of, you know, football 
is not a fair sport because money has already so much to do with it, but there's always a pathway to the biggest trophies. Any country can win the World Cup. They can all qualify. Any club in Europe can win the Champions League eventually. It's a long road, but the path is there. So you cut off this path to the top. It's it's really yeah. It's pretty diabolical. And it's been very sad to see that there are several very large companies willing to finance this adventure. JP Morgan and Chase. <laughs> yeah. JP Morgan Chase, uh Disney, several American companies are unfortunately supporting this. And let this be a lesson to everybody is that big business does not care about you, me, your family, or for that matter, anyone else but themselves and their shareholders. It's never about you. When they do like the the gay pride month stuff and make their profile picture a rainbow version of their logo. You're just trying to kill It's optics, right? It's money talks. It has the loudest voice of anything in the world, so they will do anything it takes to talk louder than anyone else. So this is just one example of that, and I hope it, well, I hope the Super League fails, but I also hope that it opens some people's eyes about the way the world's wealthiest agencies conduct their business, and that it's more clandestine and heartless than is projected outwardly. I think hopefully we'll see with Premier League and other leagues that they'll follow more more the way of Germany in which fans basically have more than a 50% stake in the ownership. So there's no you know, massive owner conglomerate who put pretty much complete control of the footballing you know, club, um, you know, like we have at Tottenham and clubs like that, um, that would prevent this from happening. These most fans, a far majority of fans don't want this. So, Yeah, I think the Bundesliga is a pretty cool league. And I think Dortmund is one of the coolest teams out of any in the world. And just an unbelievably passionate fan base. And like you said, the ownership stakes, I think, is a a very positive aspect of the Bundesliga. The fans are truly what makes a club. You know, they make the tifos. They they come to games. They pay the money for entrance fees and all the merchandise and support their team and social media and in the streets and stand on their feet for over 90 minutes each game. Like footballing fans, like guys, they are way more passionate than the average football fan in like American football, for example, or like basketball, like seriously. Yeah. Like there are ultras that will not saying this is ethical, but they will like throw, uh, what's it called on the pitch? Not grenades, but flares. Yeah. Flares. Yeah, exciting players to boost their team. Um, again, not saying I condone that, but um, yeah, the fans are really what make make the the football clubs. They come from all around the world. Like Wolves, for example, have you know fan clubs all around the world, and they get together. You know, when COVID's not going on, um, and they'll go to the bar and watch the game together and go crazy when we score or. They'll do some kind of special um, thing to help the community. Um, but, like, the fans and just the way they stick together is is pretty crazy. 
it, it's really awesome. And so you, you can't discount, you know, the fans like this, like, because they're getting completely discounted with this formation of the Super League. I saw something somewhere. I think someone, one of the people who created the Super League and was defending it, saying that they're looking at young fans and how young fans care about big names, big teams, big stars. And that the other, you know, the, the third league English team that has proudly represented their Hamlet for the last 127 years, that doesn't mean anyone to the young fan who just follows highlight accounts on Instagram and buys his favorite Liverpool players Jersey because he's, the best player right now like it's in this world of short attention spans it's the big flashy stuff that gets attention yeah and like, a oh, lot of the interest stories and the beautiful little things about the sport just get totally lost in the sauce it's this it's happening in every sport it happens in cycling right. which i noticed because i watched so much of it it's happened in american football the nba is one of the worst offenders i mean the nba is to me, unpalatable now because it's so social media-wise and so superstar-driven that it it takes away the fact that it's a team sport. Yeah, so many individual sponsorships and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'd like to present an analogy for the listeners. For those of you who don't know much or care about soccer as much as a lot of other people do, So if you're familiar with college football, you may know that there are some teams that are just a lot better than the others because they're more talented and they recruit better, like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. Imagine if the 12 or 16 best teams in college football in the whole country decided that they're going to leave their conference and make a super conference and that whoever wins that conference is just automatically the national champion and that none of the other 100 plus division one teams matter at all uab doesn't matter despite their great story ucla and oregon state and northwestern and west virginia like they just become irrelevant except to their diehard fans because people only care about the biggest and the best and who wins that like imagine you had alabama auburn georgia florida lsu clemson Florida State, Ohio State, Michigan, USC, like Oregon and Penn State and just this Super League and left everyone else out to dry. And they take all the TV money with them. I think I think college football fans would be pretty upset about that, including yeah. me as an Alabama fan of the team that has dominated the sport for 13 years. It would take away so many rivalries, like both with soccer and American football. You know, like the Merseyside Derby, Liverpool. And oh, Everton. yeah, Liverpool and Everton. Like, that wouldn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah, that's a great point about the rivalries because, like, they just go poof. They've existed since the late 1800s. Yeah, you know, like Juventus and Torino, by the way, um, <laughs> they share a town. For those of you who don't know where Juventus is, it's in Torino. Yeah, they wouldn't play that anymore. Um, so another one. I guess, like, the Catalonian teams like um yeah i believe girona girona yeah they're in catalonia atletico bilbao they have a rivalry barcelona or somebody well atletico bilbao hates everyone but especially the 
fast teams like Sociedad and Ibar. Yeah. Like, the, or I uh, guess maybe Real Batiste is what you're thinking of. They always get destroyed by Barcelona. That's where Messi <laughs> scores all his goals. I don't get why people think Messi's so good because he scores eight times every year on that garbage team. Yeah. Speaking of Messi, what do you think? Do you think he'll end up going to like Fulham or somebody to just, you know, stay in the world? No, I, I, I don't even know or really you, care what he's going to do. You might retire, honestly. He's not going to retire. All this. The all time like, greats like that will play until their body literally cannot do it anymore. That's the yeah. way they are. Barcelona treated him poorly, and I wouldn't be surprised if he throws in the towel and just, you know, goes out strongly. Well, we are fans of teams that are fairly well positioned in their leagues. And should these changes happen, and there's a strong possibility that these 12 teams get kicked out of their leagues or penalized dramatically where it opens some doors for our teams. So let's talk about some of these implications and how we feel about them. So we'll start with the Premier League and your squads. So what happens if Arsenal, Tottenham, Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, and is that all of them? Let's see. Oh, you get the idea. If those six teams yeah. leave, what happens? So, they get kicked out tomorrow or they get deduct or relegated to last place or whatever. Yeah. So basically, Leeds – and, again, we were not just taking out, like, these these teams out of the table. We're also taking out all results that they had with our, our teams, like when they played Wolves both times and Leeds both times or, you know – However that finished, they're taking all that out. But Leeds would actually finish third. West Ham would be first, followed by Leicester City, who have been doing remarkably well the past couple seasons, better than Arsenal Tottenham, by the way. And, yeah, Leeds would finish very well third, which is amazing for a newly promoted team for the championship. I mean, absolutely nuts. And they've been giving fantastic effort all year, and they have a really good squad. and. Yeah, I just love their attitude and Marco Bielsa. And he's had a lot to say about the Super League stuff. I've liked a lot. And then Wolverhampton would be in ninth. Not quite as good, but, you know, mid-table. Um, and, you know, approaching that Champions League spot somewhat. Um, and, yeah, that wouldn't be too bad because we're in 12th place right now. And I think Leeds is in, in, is in ninth place right now, actually. Yeah, so that's a pretty big jump from ninth to third and a Champions League berth at that. Atalanta is even in a more uh, beneficiary position. We are third right now. We just beat Juventus 1-0 on a, a fluke goal, but it's a goal. <laughs> it counts. Uh, Malinowski, he struck it from outside the 18. It bounced off a Juventus defender and went in the goal. So we take those. Yeah. And it was late in the game, too. It was in the around 80th minute. So we're up to third by goal differential. So if Milan and Inter Milan are gone, then that would make us first, which is congratulations, pretty spectacular. <laughs> Have you guys yeah. ever finished first in your history? No. Wow. So I became a fan of the team when they were they were mid table. I think they just finished like thirteenth or something. I just thought their name and their logo and their colors were cool, and they're from a smaller town. So I'm like, all right. I'm an Atlanta fan now. The next season, they finished seventh. 
the year after, I think they were fifth, and they've gone like fourth and then third. So they've had their best seasons ever since I became a fan. And they've been well progressing the past couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. They have one of the best youth systems in Europe. They have a spectacular coach, a great club culture. Their tactics are amazing. Those I players love the tactics. Are they the play. They're so freaking fast. They can just run all day. They play the Especially wildest players. tactics you've ever seen. They are a hyper aggressive. Call it a five three two or three four three, whatever you want. But the point is, is that they are constantly pressing, constantly attacking, and they score goals in bunches. They it's are really the league mindset. Last year, they led Italy in goals, and they're on pace to do it again. Yeah, if you're looking to adopt a team, they're a really good one right now. <laughs> you know, if you're Juventus fan or uh, AC Milan, you're you know, tired of your club doing this stupid crap, it's stupid league, feel free to join Shooty and the uh, Atalanta club. Or yeah, Wolverhampton. Or, or Wolverhampton, yeah. A lot of people and, in the um, way Leeds have responded so directly to this. Um, now, Spain is where it really gets messy because – Messy like Messi, huh? <laughs> because the power gap between the top three and the other 17 teams is so much greater than I think any other league in, of the top ones in yeah. Europe. Because in the Premier League, like, I mean, Manchester City is destroying everyone right now. But after that, the next, like, five teams are all fairly even. And the Bundesliga, I mean, it's Bayern and, you know, who cares? But the next five or so teams are all good. And the French league, it's PSG and who cares, but you know, it's same deal. And then it, the Serie A has been extremely competitive, even though Inter's yes. up by a lot. But La Liga, it's those three teams every year. And um, if they just went poof and left, well, first of all, Madrid loses their two top teams, which is a uh, pretty devastating. They have another team in the, in the, in the league. I don't think so. Wow. Yeah, I can't. I think I can't think of here. Uh, you ramble about something. I'm gonna look up who's in La Liga. Now, it's interesting about La Liga is that the the town name isn't always in the club name, so you have to do a little bit of detective work to see where everyone's from. So let's do some investigating. So the top three in the La Liga right now are exactly who you think would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, see Sevilla's in Sevilla Villarreal's in Valencia Patisse I think is in Catalonia might be wrong oh uh, no they're also in Sevilla did not know that Sociedad's in the Basque Country Granada's in Granada Levante is somewhere oh they're in Valencia yeah Celta de Vigo's in the middle of nowhere See, Bilbao, Osasunas and Pamplona, Cadiz is, where is Cadiz? It's in Cadiz, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, Valencia, Getafe, where's Getafe? We're all learning together. All right, they are in Madrid, okay. sort of. Not really, they're like a suburb. Alaves is in the Basque Country. Where's Huesca? Aragon, Okay. Yeah, so I guess Getafe would be next man up for La Liga. Um, in Madrid, at least. 
Yeah, that that's a that's a vacuum right there. Like you're sucking the life out of the whole league without those thirteen. Yeah, think about all that that money and you know, standing, just leaving the league like that. I mean, I think that'd be kind of cool if you had like Sevilla and then like the Basque teams and um, whoever else is not garbage in that league. I think like Valencia, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, just sort of like a new era. Wipe the slate clean of the traditional powers and start anew. Like, there's an intrigue to that, but um, I think overall the Super League would do a lot more harm than good, and that's pretty yeah. much why we're here right now. Real Madrid's owner, current owner, I think, would be the commissioner of the Super League, and the co-presidents or co-commissioners, whatever they're calling it. One of them was for Man United. And I'm blanking where the other one was from. One of the other teams. <laughs> yeah, one of the other lame teams. Now, another interesting development is that um, pretty much every organization not affiliated with the Super League has said, um, number one, you're going to get kicked out of your domestic league. Um, number two, no Champions League, no Europa League. Or, you know, the the extra tournaments, none of those yeah. either, no domestic cup. And then third, which affects the players, yes. and I disagree with this pretty strongly, the players taking part in the Super League would be barred from all FIFA-sanctioned international competitions. This includes the World Cup. This includes the European Cup, the Gold Cup, African Cup of Nations, Asian yeah. Cup of Nations, World Cup qualifying, the Confederations Cup. International friendlies. Friendlies. I I disagree strongly with this because the players had nothing to do with the creation of this league. They were not consulted. They didn't vote on this. A lot of the players on the teams are speaking out against it. So I think it's very unfair to punish the players for this. That being said, the you know most of the players probably have contracts that run past August 2021, which is when. It's a slated to be start perhaps, started, perhaps, the Super League, which would be extremely soon. But I think there, there might be a way for them to get out of their contracts with, you know, some, some lawsuits because, you know, something like this is quite unprecedented, not what they signed up for. And as you said, they disagreed with it. They're not going to be motivated and perhaps still strike. Um, but I think there might be a way for them to get out of their contracts and not miss their international duty. But it would be a shame to have a player, you know, in your hypothetical case who, you know, completely condemns, doesn't want any part to do in the Super League and somehow ends up on the roster and maybe doesn't even play at all. But, you know, that player um, gets banned from playing in, in his international games and, you know, hurting his country. I think an idea to make it less punishing for the players is that players that are currently under contract with these teams, as long as they do not extend their contracts or sign new ones with the teams once the Super League has started, that they could then play for their international teams until their contract expired, at which point they would presumably have to join a non-Super League team. Yeah, but um, but 
at the same time, you know, having players themselves having repercussions would be more incentive for the Super League not to start, you know, not to form. One more incentive. You know, I mean, well, there's also the- players that don't really care about the national team. Like, yeah. they only if, – if you ever watch World Cup qualifying um, – the viewers, you will notice that most of the best players are not participating. They only show up for the real thing every four years because um, their their club matches are way more important. I mean, your Champions League quarterfinal for Real Madrid is way more important than whatever you know dumb qualifying match against Azerbaijan is going to be. Yeah. Even though it can be very rewarding and exciting to represent your your nation. And the vast majority of players feel this way. But the players that will be in the Super League represent a tiny minority. They're the elite of the elite. And a lot of the um, the players that will be on these Super League teams that represent you know, weaker national teams, they don't actually play for the national team. Like, their national team is so tiny that they don't even bother. And sometimes they'll try to switch your nationality. They've lived in a, another bigger country for a little while. Like, they, they definitely try to get around it. Yeah, but, and it's, and keep in mind, the Euro, the European Championships, the, the tournament with the European national teams is happening this summer. And then the World Cup. That is, that is intriguing timing because we don't know. We don't know who's going to be allowed to play. And then the World Cup is happening next year, um, despite the human rights atrocities occurring yes. in its um, implementation, which is a story for another day. But um, that's one reason why you shouldn't support FIFA among a great many. But nonetheless, um, certainly a lot of moving parts and things to keep in mind and a lot that we don't know. But none of this is just speculation. It's not just rumors because 11 of the 12 clubs have confirmed that they are joining the Super League. Atletico Madrid is the only team that has not publicly stated that we're in, hooray, but they're in. As far as all information tells us. And... Presumably, more teams will join them to fill out the 15 permanent members. I am assuming that PSG will eventually join them. I think once the Champions League is resolved, and I think, actually, I think once the European Championships happen, I think that's, at that point, I feel like would be the time for PSG to be like, okay, um, gotcha, psych. (laughs) We're we're leaving the Super League. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, they could be in cahoots and have a private agreement to join them once all that's over. I have more confidence in the German team staying. I think Bayern has a huge incentive to stay since they're arguably the most talented team anyway. They just won the Champions League. With outstanding support, defending UCL champions, I think. They see an opportunity where if all these other teams go, it's like, you know, we're still going to be fine in the Bundesliga because we have great support for this league in Germany with the the current setup. And we're going to win the Champions League nine times in a row without these other teams. Uncontested. 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 Who's even going to compete? (laughs) And assuming that all the Portuguese teams 
stay, um, which we have wavering confidence on. But assuming that the likes of Porto, Sporting, CP, and Benfica all remain in the Portuguese top league, that league becomes a lot more prestigious. Yes. Because they're considered the fifth or sixth strongest league in Europe, and they would retain all of their core members. And if, you know, their academies are amazing. They've fed a lot of great players. Like, you know, Nuno, the spirit of Santo, Wolves manager is from there. And he's brought in a lot of talent. Like, I think Neto and John Moutinho, all those players are from, guess where, Portugal. And, like, basically we're the Portugal national team. So definitely a hotbed for soccer would be even more so if, you know, the Super League ends up happening. Uh-huh. And SC Braga, which is, I guess, the team in Portugal I support because they're not one of those big three, but they have really emerged as a formidable rival in recent seasons. So having that league gain some more quality depth would be um, welcome, for sure. Yeah, but I... I'm I'm just very concerned about the the loss of competition in all these leagues in Europe, particularly like <laughs> promoting know, six teams yeah, from the championships to the Premier League. How about that one? Yeah, that's crazy. Like I saw that uh is it Brentford would be promoted to the Premier Yeah, League? Brentford probably should have come up. They just lost in the playoff. Yeah. And, and then Aston Villa good. took away their best striker, but they're still doing their thing. So let's do a uh, googly search here. Let's see who's at the top six of the EFL championship. So the City. EFL championship is the second division of English football. So normally how it works is the top two in this league promote to the Premier League for next year. And then the third to sixth place teams play a 14 playoff and the winner of that is also promoted. However, if the six Premier League teams all leave, that leaves a giant gaping hole of six clubs that need replacing. So we would see the likes of Norwich City, Watford, Swansea City, Brentford, Bournemouth, and Barnsley Barnsley. all return to the Premier League with the current state of affairs. When was the last time Barnsley was in the Premier League? Not since I remember. I learned that Brentford has never actually been there before. Wow, that's amazing. Um, there are a smaller London club that has slowly worked their way up through the years, so good for them. Yeah. This might be their big shot. But yeah, but you take away six teams out of the championship, and then you got to put six more back in. So now you're looking further down the pyramid. And then what happens at like the fifth and sixth levels of the English pyramid where some of these teams are semi-pro? Then it's like, you know, if you promote clubs from even lower, then they have to start paying players. Yeah, it can be a toll on them. So it gets um, exciting at first and then kind of stressful and complicated when you work your way down and you realize some of the ramifications when you get to the lower levels. Usually the way it works is like, you know, in the lower leagues of, let's say, England, like, you know, you don't have to get promoted. Like if your finances or whatever is holding you back, you you can stay. And then you might have these gaps in certain divisions where you only have, you know, 17 teams instead of 20, you know, stuff like that it can make it pretty complicated. Yeah, I think overall, this is a 
I mean, soccer is the biggest sport in the world and Americans, it's not as big to them. But imagine the NFL or the NBA changing in a way that it just, the entire landscape of the sport is just uprooted and thrown into the sky and you don't know where it's going to land. That's where the highest levels of soccer is at right now. Yeah. A lot of people are saying like it's basically the end of European football as we know it. Yeah, it's um, hard to draw comparisons because, in truth, nothing in the modern era, nothing like this has happened in the highest levels of sports. And remember, it is just an entertainment industry, but this sport has more influence and more reach than any other form of entertainment in the world. Yeah. People invest a lot of time and, you know, energy into this and it would be a real shame if it just all went to waste. Yeah. But we have um, some upcoming events tomorrow. We'll probably learn some more stuff from that Premier League meeting. We'll see what's leaked publicly and what's not. And I'm sure more stuff will come out in the coming weeks. We might hear more about you know the other teams that would supposedly join the Super League. Yeah. Like Porto. Perhaps. Perhaps I'm still the the PSG thing. I'm I'm not convinced that they're that they're going to yeah, stay out of it. Yeah, be there. Yeah, they're pretty shady. But I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this discussion. It's been a nice ramble, so we'll get this uploaded as soon as possible. If you want to share your thoughts with us, join our Discord server, which we will link in the description of this episode, and we'll start putting it in our socials and stuff. So come and chat with us about it if you're interested, or you can join us on our um, NFL draft live screen live stream next Thursday, the 29th at 8 Eastern. You can chat with us too. So we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This has been um, totally unplanned. We just decided we want to get this all off our chest and share our thoughts. So thanks for staying till the end. We'll see you next time.